Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Draymond Green Show is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get payouts in as fast as two hours. There's so many bet types. My favorite same-game parlay bets. There's live betting, player props, futures. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. To get started now, sign up. Please use the promo code Colin. C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook makes it easy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. We are recording this Thursday morning. I've had a little time to think about everything that happened as well as the other game twos. Uh, so let's, well, before we get into that, I know we've discussed on this podcast before about Hazel saying, don't have a hat on and have my hair cut. So I want to explain to you my last 36 to 48 hours and why I have a hat on. So yesterday, we got back at 4.30 in the morning. Um, my daughter needed to go to school, but the rest of my morning was filled with going to see plastic surgeon to get more stitches in the side of my eye. And I could not get a haircut because I also, um, while seeing a plastic surgeon, that I also had to see an ophthalmologist and get the inside of my eyeball checked for bleeding and all of these other things. So you can imagine how my yesterday was, so brownie blends could not come touch up the hair, so that's rough. And the hat helps my eye looks a little smaller than what it actually is, and so it's like compressing down, and it's not giving you the full picture of how bad I look, although I look terrible right here. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination I actually look okay here, but... It's a little worse without the hat, so bear with me this episode. I hope you all understand why I have this hat on, why everything is kind of looking a little, ah. But that's that. That's my appearance. This is, you're not really here to see my pretty face, are you? No, I think you're here to talk, and let's talk about some games, and let's talk about 
the world of basketball. So let's get into it. Uh, the Warriors lose game two, 106 to 101. Let's let's dive into that one. Ja Morant uh, was absolutely incredible, which you'd expect. You know, I've spoken about Ja um, for a couple years now and, and the type of player that I think he's becoming. And so when you are when you speak of going into an opponent's arena ahead 1-0 um, with the possibility of going up 2-0 and headed back home, you expect everything. You, you, you expect desperation, which is what they play with, which explains the, the Dylan Brooks foul to me, uh, and we'll talk about more. But more importantly than the Dylan Brooks foul, what it explains is Ja Morant and the passion and tenacity and the ferociousness and aggressiveness that he played game two with. And he ended up with 47, 8, and 8. Now, the reason I say that is because, like I said, I've, I've, even with the MIP conversation, as you can see, LeBron tweeted the other day, like, and this is why John Moran is way too special to even be in an MIP situation, because guess what? John Morant would be in a situation like that last year and possibly give you that give you that same game. And so that was kind of the whole thing about the MIP conversation. But like I said, when 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 what what explains John Morant's game to me better than anything is the desperation that he played with. The the desperation to not allow my team to go down 0 to 2 headed out on the road. And so what did he do? He did everything. He made threes. He got to the basket. He had 15 straight points in the fourth quarter. He did everything that they needed him to do to win the game. Now, in saying that, and and with him doing everything, us, the Golden State Warriors, I'm looking at this like he did do everything. He did make every play. A couple bounces here and there, a couple fouls on myself uh, that I have to be better with down the stretch. And there's a 102 to 101 game with an with still an opportunity to win the game. So I feel very good about that as an opponent, knowing that there are some things that we can clean up. One being turnovers. Uh, we had nearly 20 turnovers, which you turn the ball over that many times against any team, you put yourself in a dangerous situation. You turn that ball over that many times against the young Memphis Grizzlies, probably the most athletic team in the playoffs uh, still playing, you're really, with with one of the most athletic point guards to ever play, you're really going to be in trouble. And so when I look at that, I say, man, in spite of having nearly 20 turnovers, in spite of all the things that transpired in the beginning of the game, in spite of John Morant having 47, 8, and 8, we still had it under one minute one possession game, we come up with a rebound, we go down to score, and maybe everything we're we're talking everything. There's a totally different tune now. Uh, the series is in a totally different place. But in saying that, the series is one to one. Headed back home, when you go on the road, I've said this before. You want to go win one game. You want to take home court advantage. Did we try to get greedy? Yes, we failed, but we did what we had to do, and that's go out and win one game. And so. The position we're in is pretty good, you know, coming back home. Um, ja Morant, some of the finishes that he had in that game, I, I saw some of the comparisons to Air Jordan. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. The one where I came help side and jumped and went vertical, and he did whatever he did in the air and went underneath. 
I mean, that was just one of the incredible finishes. It was, it was absolutely insane. I'm going back looking at that, like, man, like you gotta, you just gotta take your hat off to him. He made some incredible plays. I think for us, I think we also had a bunch of shot turnovers, which is something we talk about, which are bad shots that we take that leads to transition runouts. I think we had quite a few of those. And so when you look at it, we nearly had 20 actual turnovers, probably 20 shot turnovers. That's absolutely hard to overcome. And like I said, yet we're still sitting there uh, with a chance to win the game. You know, when you, when you look at uh, a guy like uh, Zaire Williamson, you got to take your hat off to the rookie. He hit, uh, was four for eight from three for 15 points. Now, they were big threes. They weren't like uh, just just a three here, a three there. He hit timely big threes. And again, when you're going on the road, uh, that those are the things that you have to take out. Um, now, in saying that, we were seven for 38 from three. A lot of threes that, you know, I think we make on a, on a normal basis. When you look at some of our shot turnovers that we had, you have to ask yourself, number one, when you're getting those open threes, if you don't get into a rhythm, which I don't think we did, if you don't get into a rhythm, then once you do get those open threes, they're not so open because the rhythm isn't there. And so you have to give the Memphis Grizzlies defense credit. I think uh, they did a good job of defending, but I also think uh, some of that falls on us as well and some things that we can correct. By the way, um, I actually don't have my ring light today either because I don't want my face lit up. So I hope you all understand that as well. Uh, <laughs> But I just had to say that because I see my video and I'm like, oh, I'm a little dark. That's intentional, just so you know, I'm hiding all of this. But, and and moving forward, um, the Dylan Brooks file, when I say uh, that exp uh, their desperation explains the Dylan Brooks file, it explains John Morant. When I say that explains the Dylan Brooks file to me, you're starting off game two, um, I'm not one to get off into the, oh, is he dirty? Is he not? That's for you to make your own decision. I really don't care whether someone wants to classify him as dirty, whether you think it was dirty, whether you think it's not. The moral, I mean, the, the reality is it happened. Like, the play happened. Gary Payton is hurt. That's my only concern. I can really care less about uh, is Dylan Brooks dirty? Did, was it intentional? Was it not? That's small. That's low-hanging fruit. That's that's beside the point. Like, Gary Payton is hurt. That's my concern. That's where it begins and that's where it ends. I don't get off into the, oh, it was a dirty play. Like, after the game, I say, yeah, it was a BS play. I think it was a BS play. But to get off into is Dylan Brooks a dirty player, and I, that, that ain't a lane that I live in. I let the talking heads live in that lane. I let them debate it. I, I don't get off into that lane. Um, it, what what the lane that I get off into is how do I make this right? How do how do we what do I have to do in order to overcome the loss of Gary Payton? Uh the second. Um, you know, and 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 that's kind of as far as it goes. But the desperation, you know, um, you're starting off a game, you're trying to set a tone. It was evident to me that they were there to set a tone. So you can say, um, was it a mistake, was it not? Like I said, I don't get off into that, 
you can say, uh, was the elbow a mistake or was it not? Like I said, I don't get off into that. What was evident to me was that they were there to set a tone. So whether you did those things on purpose or not, maybe, yes, the elbow wasn't atten- intentional. Maybe, oh, man, the foul wasn't too intentionally hurt him. But what was intentional was they were coming out to set a tone. As you have to do down 1-0 on your home court going into game two, you have to come out and set a tone. If you look at all the press clippings and, you know, the things that they put out, it was we knew they were coming out to set a tone. They talked about how we had run a rebounding battle and they weren't as physical as they normally were. So you knew that they were coming out to set that tone, just like I knew they were coming out to set the tone. So that's why, to me, whether the things were intentional or not really doesn't matter. What was evident was they were coming out to set a tone, and as their opponent, you got to take that on the chin. You got to take that here. You got to, you know, you got to take that how it comes. And so for me, it's like, okay, they came out and set the tone that they wanted to set. Give them credit. I'll give them credit. Like some fans may be upset. Give them credit. They set the tone that they want to set. You knew right away, first three, four minutes of that game, the type of game that that was going to be. Whether you were an opponent, whether you were a fan, um, you knew what type of game that was going to be. And so for me, that's kind of all that really matters. You know, the eye, the, the elbow, the cameraman bleeding. I don't, I don't know if people saw that on TV, but like right after I went out, the cameraman on the baseline, then bleeding. And so, again, that was all a part of it. The gym was cracking now. The arena was, was cracking. It was a fun arena to play in. Um, I mean, it was, it was exciting. And game five is going to be even more cracking. But, like, it was cracking in there. And it, it, it immediately took on the same vibe that the players had on the court that the game kind of was taking on. It immediately took on that same vibe. And so... Like I said, you got to give them credit. They came out. They set the tone that they wanted to set. Let's not get off into, oh, man, he did that on purpose. He elbowed him on They They said they were coming out to set a tone. As a very young team, they set the tone they wanted to set. Now it's on us to respond. It's on us to reach that level of physicality and exceed it. That's what you have to do. That's a playoff series. Playoffs get physical like that. Playoffs get chippy. So I've been in enough of these series to know that's all a part of it. I don't get caught up in it. And moving forward, let's talk about the way I was booed on my way out. You probably have seen my press conference by now where I said, listen, they booed me. Um, I think it's very distasteful to boo anyone uh, after, after they have an injury. I, I saw some of that, or we saw some of that, uh, when Kevin Durant tore his Achilles in Toronto. Um, and fans cheered when he went down. I think that's one of the most distasteful things that that takes can take place in sports. Why? As I spoke about before, when you leave the basketball court, <clears throat> any injury that you sustain on the basketball court, that injury does not go away when you walk off that basketball court. It's not like, hey, man, I go on the basketball court and anything that happens to me there, once I walk off that court, I'm fine. You know, if I get an elbow to the eye and my eye is swollen on the court, when I leave that court, it doesn't stay there. Like, you live those things every single day of your life. And so 
um, when when Toronto fans boo Kevin Durant or cheer Kevin Durant, cheer when he injures himself, that's so distasteful. That A affects how he feeds his family. B, he has to now rehab that for a year. He has to do go under a knife, which is life-threatening. Um, you, you have to do all of these things. You don't just leave that injury on the court. And so it's so distasteful because um, contrary to popular belief, we are actually human beings. And you actually feel that pain when you leave that basketball court. And when you leave that gym, you actually can't go home and possibly play with your kids. Or, you know, you can't go on and, you know, do the necessary things or or on about your normal life like you normally do. And so it's such a distasteful thing because you're a fan of a basketball game or a basketball team. Be a fan of a basketball team. But understand that there are actually human beings that you're watching. And sometimes it's you, you need to learn how to step outside of, oh, man, I'm cheering for this team. And this happened. And that helps my team. No, no, no. Because if somebody come in your job and slap you in the face or kick you in the face or elbow you in the face or harm you in any way and other people there laughed at you, you'd feel away. Now, when I say feel away, it's not that it's not that my feelings are hurt per se, because, again, I did what I wanted to do. And like I said, it felt very good to do as I did. It, it, I mean, it may have felt too good. I must be honest with you. I enjoy every moment of that. I, every second of that moment, I enjoyed it. So don't feel bad for me. I got off what I wanted to get off. And like I said, it was worth every penny. See, what you don't understand is you, you, when you get ejected from games, you get a fine. I, I, I didn't get my money's worth on that fine, but I got my money's worth on whatever fine is coming my way. You know, I, immediately in that moment, I said, all right, I'm either about to flip them off or I'm not. And there's, there's been this, there's been this, this, um, this clip coming to my Instagram and coming to my Twitter of, of myself and Maverick Carter um, this was in the very early, early days. If I'm not mistaken, it was the very first episode of, of Spring Hill slash Uninterrupted, uh, hosted by Maverick Carter's show, Chasing Dough, Needing Dough, I'm sorry, Needing Dough. And when I did that, A, it was probably six or seven years ago, but B, $20,000 is still $20,000. What I'm telling you is I justified in my mind that it was worth whatever price that I was going to pay at that point. $20,000 is still $20,000, which is why you also see I said, I'm going to go do an appearance and make that money up <laughs> because I still want my 20, 30, 40. I don't know if I'll get fined. I think Kyrie Irving may have gotten fined $50,000. There were multiple, there were multiple instances there. I had one, so I don't know if I'll get fined that, but again, this is me you're talking about, so I probably will. Maybe it'll see that. But the moral of that story is I got my money's worth, and so when you're sending me the clip that says, oh, uh, when it says me saying $20,000 is still $20,000, no, that's a fact. 
$20,000 is still $20,000. But in that moment, I was totally fine. And I'm still totally fine with whatever dollar amount I have to pay because it brought me great joy to give them, the fans in Memphis, exactly what they deserve, that you're going to cheer or boo or something when someone gets hurt. It's just as tasteful. And there's no place in sports for that. There's no place in sports for it. So they are who they are. Maybe they'll do it again. Um, And in that moment, I'll decide what I'm going to do. But in that very moment that happened, I made that decision. I live with that. I stand on that. We move forward. It is what it is. The booze will be louder in game five. Kudos. Let's get it. Before we go to the next series, we have our first ever mid-pod breaking news. What Adrian Wojnarowski says that Dylan Brooks is going to be suspended for the next game. Your thoughts? Uh, Dylan Brooks is going to be suspended the next game. Wow, that just happened right away. Um, breaking news, that is interesting. You get my live reaction. Um, I mean, again, what's the debate? If he should have been suspended two games or blah, blah, blah. I think it's legit. Um, you know, you get thrown out for a flagrant two. And as I've said, clearly intent doesn't matter anymore. Uh, I'm, I, uh, whether he was intentional or not doesn't really matter to me. But the reality is Gary Payton II is out for an extended period of time. It was a nasty fall. Defenseless player. I get it. Uh, he's suspended for one extra game. Kudos to them. Doesn't change our uh, method of attack. We still got to do the same thing. Um, you know, we'll see how the fans feel about it. Do they think it was enough? Was it not enough? I respect the accountability uh, from the NBA. You got to hold guys accountable. I've been held accountable. I, I always respect the accountability. So we'll see. I mean, you know, he's he's ejected for the next game. Still a tough game for us, as you can see. He was ejected pretty much the whole game. Last game, we lost. So uh, low-hanging fruit for me. Yesterday, there's a lot of news in sports talk world, in the sports talk world. Um, but in particular, J.J. Reddick sending the clown back to the circus. Um, number one, I'm not sure where this, do- this, this um, bad dog guy really came from. Um, I've, I've I really noticed him maybe over the course of the last couple months um, going up and just screaming to the top of his lungs when he's sitting next to Stephen A. Yesterday, uh, he goes on TV and he says, America is tired of Draymond Green. Not sure what gives him the right to speak for America, what he's, he's done in his life for her. You know, I mean, he sits in on Stephen A's show and screams. So I'm not sure who he's become in sports or in media to say how America feels um, and what gives him that right. Uh, But we're not shocked that he would think that he has the right to speak for America. He then proceeds to say, shut up and play. I'm not one to really pull the race car very often um, because I think 
you know, we all know the role that race play in the world that we live in. And so I'm not really one to pull the race car very often, but that definitely had a very racist connotation. Um, just, I mean, he, a, a very racist undertone and, and even, even beyond it being having the racist undertone, we don't need to go any further than who are you? Who are you to say, like, what have you done in your life to say America's tired of him? Shut up and play. Shut up and play. As I said on my Instagram caption the other day, those shut up and play, shut up and dribble days, those are long gone. We don't, we don't, we don't listen to that anymore. We don't want to hear it anymore. It has no place here and nor will it be tolerated. I also proceeded to say, it's time for you to go home and sit on your couch and be and thank the good Lord that I didn't want his job. I meant that from the bottom of my heart. Before I signed with Turner, I was actually offered <laughs> a spot on first take. So there's your backstory for I, I don't I don't play games. I don't play these reindeer games. When I speak, I speak from the heart. When I speak, no, it's real. It's thoughtful, and, and more importantly, it's truthful. When I say sincerely yours, the new media, what I mean by that is the landscape of media is about to change. You will no longer be allowed to sit there and say what you want. You will no longer be allowed to put out these false narratives. You will no longer be able to allow to not know what you're talking about and we're going to listen to you. Those days are long gone. You know why? Because we have guys like J.J. Reddick who's done it, who speaks it, who knows how to, to speak on any different topic, who's not afraid to shut an idiot up. When I say sincerely yours, the new media, the, you will be held accountable. And you will have to know what you're talking about in order to speak on eSports. You will have to know what you're talking about in, able, in, in order to, to speak on this game of basketball. You know why? Because we're doing it now. We're doing it now. And we speak it. And we can do it. So, so bad dog, go thank the good Lord that I didn't want your job. You can have that. But just know, you will be held accountable. I will be watching you and embarrassing you. So make sure when you go up there screaming and yelling and talking all that nonsense out the side of your neck, oh, now, buddy, you will be held accountable. You will. Believe that. I'm holding, I'm holding everything you say accountable. The days of the media holding players accountable and you no longer being held accountable are over. We're not living with that no more. Sincerely yours, the new media. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Moving on to other game twos, the Celtics and Bucks. Jackson's happy. Everybody clap it up for Jackson one time for the one time. Let's go. The Celtics come out 109 to 86. Now, if you remember correctly, I said uh, when we were talking after game one, if you're both of those teams, you leave that game like we didn't do this well, we didn't do that well, and we would see who got the better. Well, I said specifically, Giannis won't, you know, if you're the Bucks, you think Giannis won't shoot nine for 25 again. Giannis had a rough shooting night again. Um, and that has a lot to do with the Boston Celtics defense. I don't know. After two games, you can see uh, the Celtics, they are really, really, really loading up on Giannis. They're making it tough. And also, I think the thing that the most people don't understand about the Celtics and what makes their defense so great is they have so much length. And so even when Giannis is driving past one guy or, you know, driving into one guy, you have another two guys coming over. There's so much length. I mean, their starting lineup goes 6'11", 6'10", 6'9", 6'8", or 6'7", whatever you consider Jalen Brown. And then they started uh, Derek White, who's 6'5". So they're starting, and Marcus Smart normally starts with 6'5". So they're starting lineup. There's so much length, and it, it, it really makes it hard, especially, especially for someone um, like Giannis who really lives in the paint. It really, really, really makes it hard for Giannis. And so uh, their defense has done a great job now in saying that this series, and before we talk about the series moving forward and back to Milwaukee, Jalen Brown came out with a vengeance. Jalen Brown came out. He said, I'm going to dominate my matchup. And Jason Tatum then picked up from there. Now, the beautiful thing about that is 
everybody, and I spoke about this before, everybody was talking about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can't work, blah, blah, blah. You be very careful in getting rid of a number two who can come out and start like that and get you 30 points. I'm going to say that again, breaking that up. It's good to see those young guys working, but Jalen Brown, I mean, the way he came out and started that game, 17 points in the first quarter, it was beautiful. He put his stamp on the game, and Boston rolled from there. Now with the series moving back to Milwaukee, you have Boston. They've done their job and and getting it to one-to-one, but now you have Boston going in there feeling good, knowing that we can stop Giannis. Can't stop him, but we can make him take tougher shots and throw off the percentages and, and just live with the tough ones. The thing about that is, going back to Milwaukee, all of those other guys are going to shoot better. They're going to shoot better on the road. They're going to play better. More like game one, Grayson Allen got it going. Those guys are really going to shoot better at home, which then makes that defense have to extend out more, and it creates more lanes for Drew and for Giannis to drive. So that's what I'll keep an eye on um, going into that game is how the, how the other guys shoot the ball because role players, as I've said before, role players play better at home. So that's something to watch for. I think that'll help unlock Giannis. But that is definitely something to watch for. The Miami Heat goes up 2-0 on Philly. I'm not going to spend much time here. If Joel comes back, we'll talk about this series. Joel don't come back. That one's over. The Phoenix Suns versus the Dallas Mavericks. I do want to talk about this one because the Phoenix Suns, what they showed last night was, and I was watching that game in the first half, and I'm like, man, it's only a four-point game, two-point game. Dallas was playing pretty good. Phoenix weren't playing good. CP nor Book had got it going yet, and the game was right there. I knew they were in trouble. And so the Phoenix Suns showed why they are the number one seed. They, sh- I mean, Chris Paul, one thing that Dallas has to understand is if you're in a position where you don't have D-Book going, Chris Paul, is he's about to be 37 years old. He's a great player still. But as you get older... You just can't do that all the time, the whole game. And what, what Dallas has to realize is when they have Chris Paul tamed, when they have Devin Booker under wraps, they have to take advantage of those leads. They have to take advantage of those times and build the lead up. You can't just sit around four because at some point, Devin Booker is going to make shots as he did. And at some point, Chris Paul is going to take over the game. We know that. That's who Chris Paul is. He's always been that way, but even more so now that he has to preserve energy more. Just That's just how it goes as you get older. It was absolutely beautiful to watch the way he took over that game. He's calling Luka into every switch. Now, people may say, oh, man, they're calling Luka into every switch, and that's important because they're scoring. No, why that's also important because it's not allowing Luka to rest on that end, and he carries such a heavy load on the offensive end and a heavy burden that – the energy that that requires is through the roof. Well, for Luca, now having to defend that as well, I mean, that's, that's a very, very, very tough one, and it's taking those legs away. So that's something to watch. As we saw Jason Kidd say, other guys got to step up. It can't just be Luca getting 30. You can't do that in the playoffs, but they're going home. And the other guys will shoot better at home. Luca will get them shots. And so that's what I'll be on the watch out for, just putting Luke in that action, draining his legs and 
as you see, by that third quarter, he had two points. That's hard to sustain that over the course of 48 minutes. So um, I actually think Dallas will go home and they'll play better. But the Suns are controlling that series right now. They end up winning by 20 last night. I wouldn't say it was necessarily a 20-point game, but they won by 20. You, Dallas has to make some adjustments, and they have to find a way to get those guys involved early, in particular Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson is going to need to play better. They're going to need that second guy if they're going to have a chance to beat a great defense like the Phoenix Suns. That's going to be a wrap for this episode of the Draymond Green Show. We will be back next week. We have some interesting news, a few things that may go your way, but you will need to tune into the pod next week. And we have some exciting news for you coming here from me, live from the Draymond Green Show this week. That's a wrap. Peace. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.